Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Say Hey Podcast. You're now officially listening to episode 22. I'm your host today, James Donahue, as I am for every show. And man, am I excited. Folks, if you don't know already, today's show is going to be featuring an interview between me and relief pitcher for the Giants, Sean Anderson. And in this interview, you'll hear about Sean's offseason preparation during a COVID season, his passions outside of baseball, and also a very important message from him to all Giants fans. So without further ado, here's Sean Anderson. All right. I think it says recording, right? Yep. Perfect. Sean Anderson, relief pitcher of the Giants. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me. So you're in Florida, right? I am Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That's crazy. So you did you grow up there your entire life? Yeah, so I was born in it's actually Coral Springs, but not many people know where that is. So I just say Fort Lauderdale. Uh, but yeah, I was born and raised there. And uh, this is where I live for most of my offseason. That's awesome, man. So what 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 do you think like keeps you in Florida? Do you think you would ever stay or leave Florida? Or like what what do you think makes Florida unique? I really considered that. I really like Arizona. When I went to spring training up there, it's just a great atmosphere and the weather's great over there. But I know my family's here and I grew up here. I have a great training facility over at BioCore that I train in the off season and they got mounds there too that I can get my work done. So um, it's kind of an ideal off season for me. I get to spend time with my family and my friends and the gym and mounds are just 10 minutes away. So um, but I like to travel in the off season too. I'll I'll take a trip to Arizona and see some guys up there. And my sister lives in Colorado, so I'll jump around there. But I really just like the weather because the off season is pretty much in November, December, January, and that's when it's cold everywhere else and starts right. snowing. So uh, you can't beat the heat, and it's always hot. Just sometimes it's rainy, but other than that, you can go outside every day and it's fine. That's awesome. Now you mentioned Arizona. Is that like the place to be? I feel like because. I watched that interview. I don't know if you saw Jimmy Kimmel. He interviewed like Clayton Kershaw and Cody Bellinger and Bellinger was like saying he was on his way to Arizona. Is that just like the place to be for baseball players? I feel like it's like a vibe. Yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of people live there because spring training's right there. So right. it doesn't really make sense to have a place in the off season for four months. But if you get it in Arizona, technically you can live there for six months through spring training. Um, so I think that's a big part. And I think they have a lot of good training facilities up there and it's right next to maybe. So I know Scottsdale stadium is in Arizona. So if you want to have like a training facility and then stop by Scottsdale stadium, you know, see the coaches throw a little bit, face some hitters that are up there too. I think it's just a, an atmosphere where a lot of guys can just go and train. Do you think it's kind of like a camaraderie? I feel like, like if you are like 
on a team and you and you've made it to the show it's kind of just like i feel like everyone knows everybody everyone wants to like see a lot of people succeed like so like in the off season people just kind of just come together in arizona um sorry go ahead. yeah man i I, th- I think it's like a it's like a brotherhood man when you're when you're part of uh the big leagues and just professional baseball in general everyone wants to see you succeed until until games start then it's ruthless and it's uh you versus the other guy, you know? Yeah. But in the off season, I work out with a bunch of big leaguers and um, like one of them catches me in the off season and then I'll face some, some other hitters that I train with. And like, we're all boys when we train and everything like that. But then when you see them in the game, you just want to get them out that much more, you know, right. because you know, like you guys train <laughs> together, you guys grow up together. You're not going to let them beat you. You know, it's bragging rights all off season. So right, for sure. it, it's cool to answer your question. Yeah. So I think when everyone, goes and trains in Arizona or whatnot. And if they want to face guys before going into spring training, I think it is like a, like a camaraderie thing. Especially like if you, if you like don't particularly get the opportunity to face that guy, you really want to face maybe in the regular season, I I guess like the off season would be like, I didn't get to face you this time. So let's go right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Um, But I think if you train, if you guys train together, um, you kind of want, you guys want, you want to face them and kind of, you get that feedback, you know, and right. it's like, uh, like, Hey, how'd that pitch come out of my hand? Or like, did you see spin on that? And just stuff like that, the little tweaks. And then uh, the hitters just want the same feedback too. And they'd love to see live pitching before they go into spring training too. This sounds like a dream come true. I'm not going to lie. Like, have you had that moment where you're just like, Whoa, like I've made it. Or like, do you think you, you're never going to have that moment or like, Cause just like hearing you talk about it, it's like, just like being surrounded by the best players. You get to work with them, you get to learn from them and you get to just basically work on your craft. Like I, I don't really know how the dream gets better than that. Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. Um, I sometimes, sometimes it hits me, but then like, I kind of want to shut it down too, because I never want to get complacent where I am. You know, mm. there's always something you can keep working on. And there's always something that, uh, can better your craft, you know, because the the you, the hitters see you all year, and then next year if you face them again, they're, they're going to know exactly what you got. So you got to work on something different, find out what makes you good, find out what makes you bad, and and fix those kinks a little bit, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Do you hang out with like other guys on the Giants during the off season a lot? Uh, sometimes, uh, like this off season, I'll go, I'll go see Tyler Rogers, I'll go see Logan Webb. Um, Selman's over in, in California. Um, trying to think who else I'll see. Um, kind of, everyone's kind of spread out all over. So right. I'll, I'll see a lot of them early in spring training. I usually go like a month early or so. And then there's a bunch of guys in Arizona already. So we'll kind of play golf or, or train together or just catch up for dinner or something like who's, that. So. Who's the best golfer you've ever seen? Like a, like a, like a Giants player or like a, another baseball player that like, you're like, whoa, that guy's super good at golf as well. I saw Roger Clemens in a golf tournament one time on TV and he was, he was putting up some, some negative numbers up there too, under par. So I think, <laughs> I think he's pretty good, but Tyler Rogers and Sam Selman talk highly of their game, but I haven't seen him play. So uh, we'll definitely have to play sometime before spring training. I don't really, I don't play during season uh, because I don't want to, like risk anything i usually just wait till the right. off season to play so um so the spring training would be the time to get together with all those guys right on right on did you watch any of the world series at all of course i mean the playoffs in general are just yeah. that's the best baseball to watch you know and i love to be a part of that 
and I think we have a great squad to be able to do it with. So I'm looking forward I couldn't to next agree more, year. Man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to next year. And uh, it's, it's kind of weird watching those playoffs. It's like, it, it keeps your eyes glued to the TV because of the competition, but it also gives you this like bitter taste because you're like, man, we could be there. You know, like we could win that. Right. You know? Especially after it's this just, season, man. Yeah. It just drives you a little bit extra to, to be there, you know? I love that. Do you think that, like that's the dream? That's the dream is being in the World Series. When you showed up to San Francisco like the first time, do you feel it like from World Series like 2010, 2012, 2014? Like, do you feel like the legacy that like happened before you and just like being surrounded by the guys out there like Buster Posey and you had Bumgarner last year as well, Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt? Like, do you feel like, whoa, like they, some some big happened before I got here? Absolutely. And you could see it by the fan base too. It's like the first time you walk in, like those, those seats are crowded, man. And that's what sucked about COVID um, because you don't get to experience what San Francisco fans are truly like. And they're just, mm. they're like no other fans, you know, they're, they're really involved in, in the team and who the players are. And like, I don't know, I feel like they all have great personalities and they're, they're really there to win and cheer you guys on whether, whether we win or lose, you know? So I think the fan base that they've kind of developed helps me feel, wow, this is a championship team. No matter what team we have, it's a championship team, you know, and the fans play a huge part of that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, as soon as the Giants acquire a new player, as soon as that player puts on a jersey, it's like, yes, you're a part of our team. But then also, as soon as they depart or leave the team, whatever the case may be, like, I feel like the Giants are also, like, really, really loving of their players that once were on the team as well, or the Giants fans, excuse me. Yeah, I feel like it's a family, man. If you're a giant, you're a giant yeah. forever and as far giant as the family. Life. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now you so. mentioned not having the fans. Like, I couldn't imagine you just stepping on the mound and it's just dead silent. Like, what? I, I, can't, I just honestly can't imagine that. Does the fake audio voices, does that actually help at all? Or is it just is it just like something you have to take a minute to get used to? I think it's crazy. Like, you don't notice the fans until you're not, like, until you're not playing. So, like, when I'm on the mound, for example – like I don't I don't notice the fans whether we play at LA whether whether we play at San Francisco like it's it's such a tunnel vision and I don't I don't see the fans but then like when I'm sitting on the bench or if I'm in the bullpen like you're like wow like it's really loud here dang it's packed here you know and but yeah when we didn't have fans this year like again when I'm on the mound it's like you don't even notice you know until there's like two strikes two outs in the ninth and then they all start like standing up and clapping then you're like dang this is sick I kind of want to just step off for a second but um but then when you're in the dugout when there was no fans it's just kind of weird it's like you're just you can hear the other team talking you know it's just so quiet even yeah, with that, the, the noise that that has been the strangest like as a fan that watches the game like baseball almost became like almost a pg-13 event because like of everything that was like being caught up on the mics it was like so entertaining to be a part of like what were like some of the things being said in the dugout? Like were people just like looking around? They're just like, well, there's like nobody here. Like this is crazy. Yeah, it the first couple of weeks it just took kind of getting used to because the honestly the thing is there's no one yelling for autographs and yelling for a ball. Yeah. You know, everyone's always like, hey, can I get that ball? Like there was none of that, so it was kind of nice. It's strictly you can focus on baseball. You know, you don't have to. Yeah. The fans or whatever, but. Um, I mean, you, you live for the fans and the fans, I don't know, it makes a huge difference with them being there. And, and I hope this season they can find a way to really include them. And I saw in the World Series that, that, that they're able to let them in. So it'd be great to see uh, some fans in the seats this year, too.
No, yeah, man. I, it's going to be a line out the door of people that want to come back into Oracle Park. I honestly can't wait. For like, so you're in the offseason now. Unfortunately, baseball is gone again. It just felt like a blink of an eye. Like, what, but what was last year's offseason like? You know, like, COVID hits everyone. The world has changed forever, pretty much. Everything comes to like a screeching halt, including sports. How do you just like assess your off season preparation when we honestly, you, you obviously, and us fans didn't know when baseball was going to come back or if it was going to come back. How did you just like assess like your off season preparation and like, how is it different compared to other ones? You're talking about like last off season when we got interrupted with COVID or this off season after our t- after we ended. Sorry, my fault. So like the off season heading into 2020, the COVID season. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. So you train from, I mean, I train from as soon as the season ends, so October till February, and then we start spring training. So you kind of build up that training, like, all right, uh, what do I need to work on this year? What were my deficiencies? Like, how can I power my strengths? And you just write up this plan, and then you keep you keep that plan of attack, and then you get into spring training. You start playing games. You start getting that competition going. And it's almost like, hey, everyone go home. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And you really don't. You really didn't know what's going to happen. It was kind of this unknown. And, like, we got weekly updates. Like, hey, might might play, we might not. But I don't know. Like, for me, I couldn't risk not being ready for when that phone call came. You know, like, I right. was afraid it was going to be like, hey, we need you here tomorrow. You know, and then I would have been like, oh, I wasn't throwing, you know. So I made sure, like just kept with the same routine. It was tough because there was no end in sight to start. It was right. almost like you're training, you're throwing, you're throwing bullpens. And it's like, we might play, we might, we might not play till October. Like you never know. So I actually, I took a week off and that kind of uh, jump started me back into training as if it was the off season, but I kept my throwing routine the same. And I was still able to face hitters because the training complex we have, in the off season for me in Florida, there's a bunch of, there's catchers, there's hitters, um, there's other pitchers. So we kind of had our own little facing hitters having that competition. So when the time came to when we had to get there, we were full focused and full go and ready. And I think going back to what we said in the beginning of the podcast, that's why I enjoy being in Florida so much because it gets me ready for spring training, gets me ready for the season. So when something like that does happen, I have a spot that I can go to to still compete. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. And then we finally get the call that like, or you finally get the call, excuse me, that like the season is starting at that point. Are you just like, so like happy? You're just like, get me on the field. Like the, let's go. Let's go. Packing my bags today, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then you open up the series against the Dodgers. Like, I feel like that was like the perfect situation for everyone to just get like, so hyped right back into baseball. Yeah, it's like uh, we, we heard that we were going to start and everyone needed to come to spring training and it was going to be about two weeks. Then we had the Dodgers. And it was like, look, let's go, like bring it. You know, everyone's yeah. been biting their nails, like itching at the bit to get back in, in competition mode and, and get back together. And the biggest thing was you couldn't face other teams like we'd normally do in spring training. Right. We went to Oracle Park and we inter-squatted each other. And it was kind of a different dynamic because like you could face Mike Yastrzemski and regardless of the result, it's all like a team oriented thing. You know, like you can face Justin Turner in spring training and then like you can't go up to Justin Turner and ask him like what happened. But like if right. you face Mike Yastrzemski, you could be like, hey, 
you see that change up out of the hand? Like, like what were you looking for there? Were you sitting on heater and that's why you're able to hit it or like, and kind of, you just bounce ideas off each other. He's asking me, Hey, what were you, what, what were you like, where were you zoning in to throw the ball for me? You know? And it's just like, he's back and forth and it kind of makes you better as a team. And that was a cool dynamic that we could go through. Do you think like, I, that's awesome. I love that. Do you think like in those moments, did everyone like start to realize how special? Cause in my opinion, this is one of like, although we, the giants didn't make the postseason, this was one of the most special teams to watch honestly in 2020. And do you think like you guys, the pitchers and the hitters like started to realize like what you guys had in that clubhouse when you guys were like feeding off of each other because like the opening series, I didn't expect you guys to walk away with two wins from the Dodgers first series of the entire year. And then like from then on the giants just kept rolling. And I, and I feel like, I guess what I'm trying to get to is like, when did you guys realize like, whoa, like we're, we're competitors. Like we, we are not like someone for people to sleep on. Um, man, we know, we knew what we had. We knew everything came out that we were going to finish last place and all that stuff. But you know, we didn't care. We don't care if people slept on us. We knew the team we had. And after spring training, you know, you saw the the veterans stepping up. Longoria had a great spring right. training. Crawford had a great spring training. Gosman, you know, all these guys were just showing out in spring training. And then you got the guys coming in, Flores, Solano was doing well, Yastrzemski, Dickerson, all these guys are just producing in spring training. And you could just tell the work that they put in, even when they went home, you know, they were they didn't go home and they're like, all right, the season's over. It was like, they went home and they're like, no, we got a chance to win. We have a great squad, new coaching staff that just really want to win and really want to find this chemistry to win and really care for each other. And we knew that in spring training. And then when we came back in, in spring training 2.0 and we were all just together and it was just like, let's do this thing. And then uh, opening day came and we were playing the Dodgers and everyone, again, it was almost like, the whole offseason 2.0, everyone was just like, all right, Dodgers first series, Dodgers first series, let's go. You know, let's we go, were all yeah. just waiting, like chomping at the bit. And then when it finally came to that opportunity, everyone just rolled out and played. Wow, that's awesome. Hey, you mentioned the new coaching staff. Gabe Kapler did a phenomenal job, but not just him. Like the hitting coaches did a phenomenal job. The pitching overall, the entire coaching staff did a phenomenal job their first year. What do you think is like, something people may not know about Gabe Kapler because like this was a year for transition for you guys as well, because Bruce Bochy was last year and then Gabe Kapler comes in and then COVID happens. It was just like a lot of change. And like, how do you think you guys were able to kind of just like work with Gabe Kapler? And like, what was something that you noticed right away, right off the bat about him? Um, I think the thing that I noticed the most about him was he's a team guy, you know, he, uh, he, he come and he, he comes and he's really approachable, you know, and it's like this COVID season was so weird, but like he wanted to make sure the players were getting taken care of as well. You know, he would approach you. Hey, how, how you feeling today? Like, honestly, you know, you didn't have to hide right. anything. You just tell him straight up. And um, I don't know. It just seemed like the whole season, it was just like, Hey, like we're in this together. And like, you can show, you can go up to him, talk to him, ask him a question, you know, and then he'll come up to you and, ask him like, Hey, what are your thoughts on this? This is what I'm thinking that today. And um, I don't know. It just seems like everything was just, we were all together bouncing ideas off each other and did what it took to win, you know? And I think he really handled the COVID season really well as far as like, Hey, we had a short stint, stint of a season and we got a lot of guys in the bullpen and I mean, shoot, let's roll them out and right. it helped uh, turning some heads, you know, and showing people what we, what we got. I love it, man. I don't know if you've heard like my previous episode, but I was 
I graded all the Giants pitchers. And I did, I did hear that actually. And I gave you I gave you a B plus. What what did you uh, think about that? So I started last year, and then th- this year, full season in the bullpen was definitely a different adjustment for me. But um, I enjoyed it. I mean, I had some I had some ups and downs, and um, I ended up getting sent down to the alternate site halfway through the year for for a couple of days, and um, really just worked on my craft and uh, worked with the guys down there, and just tried to stay consistent. And then when I came back, I felt really comfortable, and uh, uh, again, just wanted to compete. And I mean, shoot, we were making a playoff run. You know, we, yeah. we missed it by one game, and and that was the end goal. And just doing what I can to pass the ball to the next guy and and throw up a zero. And that that's what I was going to ask you because. By no means were you pitching terrible at all by any means before you got sent down. But when you came back, you were lights out in September. I've watched all the outings, your out, all your outings in September. And like what I want the listeners to realize as well, they were against off some of the best offenses in the league. You pitched against Oakland twice. You pitched against Colorado. And then you pitched against San Diego twice. So in that time frame, it was like five innings pitched, like only gave up two hits and struck out seven. Like, it, nobody could touch your stuff. And I guess I was just like wondering like what happened at the training site? Was there like any deven- developmental changes or was it just kind of like a mindset thing in the training site? Um, so, so actually to start the season, I had worked on a lot of stuff in off season 2.0 and then to start the season against the Dodgers, like the first, the, the first five outs I had were all strikeouts. Yeah. You know? It was so insane. I, I had, I had this, like I had confidence. I had my stuff. I was on time. Um, and just, I just trusted my stuff. And then, um, as the season went on, you know, I still competed and had that. And then my timing got a little off halfway through the season. And it wasn't like I was giving up a bunch of runs or a bunch of hits. I I don't think there was one out. I don't think there was one outing where I gave up more than one hit, you know, and it's just, uh, but then I started walking guys just because that timing was just a little off. And, um, I think as far as the coaching staff and, uh, they decided for me to go down to the training site just so I can get back to where I was in the prime in the beginning of the season. And then when I went down to the training site, I mean, I knew I needed to make these little adjustments to get back to where I was at the beginning of the season. So I kind of just went back into, into what made me good in the beginning of the season and just staying consistent with throwing strikes and attacking the zone. And then when I came back, I just trusted that. And um, now I know that when I get in that kind of little funk to where, you know, I almost start nitpicking a little bit and trying to hit the black instead of just trust, like trusting the, the plays in the zone. Um, that when that happens again, I know how to make that adjustment from that alternate training site. That was, if I mean, that makes if that makes sense. No, for sure. And it was honestly, you you were one of my favorite players to watch all season. But I honestly can't wait to see you play next season as as well in seasons to come. Now, last year you were a starting pitcher and then this year well I think towards the end of the season you transitioned to relief pitcher in 2019 right or or did you start the 2020 season as relief pitching uh so I started all last year and then in September I went to the bullpen okay okay so what is that transition like is there like a mindset change or is it kind of just like nope same time same place just gonna ball out do what I do kind of thing um, I, lo- I love starting. I love the routine of starting. I love facing hitters multiple times. And uh, I love going deep into games, you know, because that seventh inning and eighth inning come and, 
like you're dogging a little bit, but you gotta you gotta find it deep down to to finish that inning and and pass it on to the the relievers in the back end of the bullpen. But um, you know, I really like relieving too because you face guys. You might face the same guy every single day for the, for a series of three. You know, you might come in to get that righty every single time. Right. So you're facing the same guys three times. So it's kind of the same as starting. But as far as like starting, like you have to create that momentum. You know, it's zero zero. The game is just starting up. There's still a lot of game left, you know. But then when you come out of the bullpen, it's like you got to either keep the momentum going for your team or you got to shut down the momentum from the other team, you know. And um, I was a reliever in college, so I kind of knew that mindset. So I tried to bring that into starting um, through my career in the minors and then in the big leagues last year. It's just like every inning counts. And you could lose a game by one run, so – if one run scores, you got to make sure that second one doesn't score. And if two score, make sure that third one doesn't yeah. score. Because, I mean, especially with the team we had this year, like we can come back at any point in the game. Doesn't matter if we're down five or, or whatever, you know. So you got to just limit damage as much as you can and just trust that the boys got you in the back, you know. Yeah, I feel like at this point I'm looking at like your journey. It looked like you mentioned relief pitching in college, like you got 13 saves in college and that set the record for the sec that year. That's pretty insane. And then like, once you got drafted, like, I feel like you transitioned from starting pitcher to relief pitcher. So at this point, I feel like you're used to it. You're just, I mean, don't let me put words in your mouth, but I feel like you're just like, you're ready to go in no matter what situation you're put in. No, that's a, that's the best way to put it. And if you watch the world series, I mean, you got starters and then you got bullpen days, you know, and they've used yeah. this, this swinging door of, they want guys who are versatile and I feel like Kapler thinks the same way, you know, and, and I'd love to be, be that guy to where, Hey, I can start and go five or six. If you need me to, I can come mid relief. If you want me to throw three out of the bullpen or I can come close the door in the ninth, you know, it's like, and like, I feel like, cause this year we didn't have a set closer. We didn't have a set setup guy mid relief. It was just like, Hey, who's the best guy for that situation and let's roll with it. And, that's what he did. And I think that's what made our bullpen so successful this year. No, absolutely. Like, I mean, especially after the Oakland A's series, like it was like a completely different bullpen and rotation and pretty much a completely different team since then. It was honestly really, really exciting to watch how Gabe Kapler managed all of you guys, especially the bullpen, how he worked each situation. Uh, but it's definitely something exciting to look forward to in the 2021 season. Um, so, I mean, I hate to bring this up just because it's like, it's hard for me to relive it. And that's the final game of the season. Um, So I won't dive too much into it. I'm not going to ask any stupid questions. Like, how did you feel after that loss? I know how you felt after that loss. It's it's all good. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's reality, you know? And like, is that, is that the question? How did I feel? No, no. I I promised myself. That's cool. It's all good. I mean, it's reality. You know, it is what it is. Okay, fine. Yeah. Let's, let's just dive into it. Um, I, it honestly felt like the season ended like abruptly, you know, like we had the, we, we, we knew we were going to playoffs. Like we had this team that could make a a real run in the playoffs. And we went on this stretch where we kept winning the games and like the bullpen would pick up the hitters or the hitters would pick up the bullpen or vice versa with the starters. And it's just like, we had this team that was just piggybacking each other. And it was awesome to watch. It was awesome to be a part of. And it's like, then we lose by one game and it's just like, like, that's it, you know? And yeah, it, and it, it literally like, felt like a punch in the gut. 
it almost felt like COVID and it was like, Hey, <laughs> you guys are going home. Like you're done. And it's just like, and everyone was playing very well too. And that's what right. I think was the hardest. Everyone was playing really well and the games got really close and it just kind of ended. And again, it was only a 60 game season and it felt like we played for like, just like a week. And everyone was like, no, let's play some more baseball. You know, everyone was right. hungry to play more baseball and, and uh, to get that, playoff mode ready everyone was mentally ready for playoffs and it just kind of ended so I don't know the best way to put it but it felt like a shortened season even shorter ending just like that because we were one game away man and right and again that that's the stuff that like you grind your teeth in the off season. you're like do one more game and we could have been in the playoffs like if I could have threw one, one more strike down down in the dirt and given up one less home run like stuff like that and then you start all right, I'm making sure like I'm I'm prime time ready next year so we can really make a run for this thing and it just it, it jump starts you for next year, you know. Yeah, I was going to say like hey, I feel like it almost like you're just like ready to go out right now. Man, I feel yeah. like this season, I mean, as good as this season was, I feel like 21 might even be even better. Not only cuz like hopefully we'll have a full season, I think we will. Uh, but not only that, but it's because like I feel like you guys are so hungry. Like what was it? what was the clubhouse atmosphere like after the final out? Like, I'm sure everyone was depressed. Nobody was saying a word. Like, did, did Kapler say something to everyone? Did some veterans say something to everyone? Or was everyone just like, no, like, this doesn't feel right. Let's get back out there. I mean, every loss is like that, man. You, you always want to win. You play to win, and you know that every game matters, especially in a short season. So, yeah, um, it was tough. But, again, you got you to gotta come to reality that, it's over and like, you're not going to see these boys for a couple months too. So, um, you know, you, you just, you thank the coaching staff, you think, thank the boys that had your back that year. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like a, it's like a family that we're in, you know, and everyone, some guys felt bad about the last game and they felt like it was on them, but you got to understand it's a 60 game season, you know, it's it right. could have happened anywhere. And, uh, you just pick those guys up and, you look forward to next season and that's all you can do. You know, there's no, no reason to dwell on what just happened. You got to look at the positives. And like I said, jumpstart for next year. Right on, right. Speaking of next year, you just completed year two of your career, correct? Um, So what are some things you learned in year one and year two that like you're going to bring into year three now? Um, After the first year, I realized that that hitters make adjustments. You know, I was starting and I would do really well the first first couple of times through and then that third time through they make adjustments you know and then you're going to face the same team next week you could you know and especially yeah. in, in your division so um they make adjustments on you and you got to be ready and read their swings on what they're trying to do you know and you got to remember how you got them out the previous the previous times and just trust that and then this year I just I felt like when my when I had my stuff I felt the best I could and I felt like no one no one could hit me you know and I just when I came back from that alternate side, I really made notes on to where I can't fall into that inconsistency, you know? So for year three coming, coming in, I want to keep what I, what I finished with in September, in uh, September this year. Yeah. I want to, I want to stick with that and, and trust, trust what I've worked on and just roll that into this year, you know, and, and, and really uh, get my change up going a little more and, uh, attack more with all my pitches and just trust in any counts. I love that, man. Um, so in terms of like this year's questions or like questions revolving this, this past season, I'm kind of out on those, but 
some other questions I have lined up here are kind of just like questions that pertain to you as an individual. What kind of like what makes you unique? What are your like passions outside of baseball or like hobbies? Are you like a fantasy football kind of guy? Are you like a Star Wars kind of guy? I play fantasy football, but honestly, I'm really into nutrition. I'm really into nutrition and training. Like when I come in the off season, um, like I, I train and then I cook pretty much all day. And then I really like training other people too. So I'll train like some, some of my family or friends, or, um, I just love getting people into that nutrition and, uh, like workout and just that whole atmosphere of just feeling good about yourself. And I feel like when you feel good about yourself, you can really mirror that onto other people and be, have kind of a positive impact on like your family, friends, or just on the world. And I think that comes with really taking care of your body. And I really believe in that. And you can ask anyone, anyone that I play with like nutrition, I, I preach on a lot of people because I really believe in it. And uh, so in the off season, I really just learn more about nutrition, learn more about how I can move my body better. And, and just, I mean, it's a full-time job playing baseball, you know, you got to right. keep up with your stretching, your mobility, and it like never stops, you know? And I say the whole, my whole, my whole days in the off season are eating, training, and like flexibility stuff. And, Mobility, full year, full year gig. Yeah. Do you think your diet and nutrition changes uh, in the like? Do you have a set diet in the off season and then it changes when like during in season? Like, are you trying to build more strength in the off season, Um, and then like when it comes to the season, kind of just building on more of a workout plan and nutrition plan that's built to just maintain what you built in the off season, or is it kind of just stay the same all year round? Um, I think in the, in the off season, I really work on, you know, gaining more muscle and, uh, like during season, especially as a pitcher, you're so one-sided, you know, you're rotating and you're throwing with, with one arm and you're rotating just on one side. And when you get to the off season, you're kind of lopsided a little bit, you know? So for the first couple of weeks, you really got to work on, uh, like evening yourself out a little bit because you can't right. jump right into, you can't jump right into lifting because then you're going to favor one side because one side's going to be stronger than the other. So just the whole science behind that, you got to level yourself out and then you start work on power training and you kind of do that all throughout the off season. And then when the season comes, you kind of just want to maintain that strength that you were talking about because the taxing on your arm and your body throughout a 162 game season is it's intense, you know, and you can't really go all out in the weight room, but you do have to be in there to maintain that or you will break down. And right. I think nutrition backs that up too. What do you think? Like if you could give, someone that's just starting out in nutrition and like dieting and working out, what do you think like is like really, really good, like three pieces of advice when it comes to nutrition and then like three pieces of advice when it comes to like working out? Um, for me, as far as nutrition, I really believe in uh, like staying away from th like high sugar, um, any like cake, like any obviously, but anything with like high yeah. sugar, I don't, I don't think that's very good for you. And then as far as like carbs, like stick to like oatmeal, potatoes, like rice, quinoa and stuff like that. I think uh, like cereal and like the empty carbs like that, I don't think they help you gain a lot of weight. And uh, especially if you, if you, if you are training a lot, you have to eat a lot and it's okay to eat a lot as long as you eat a lot of healthy stuff. And I think the right. biggest thing that that's tough is you want to snack and you want to like, like you get hungry and you're like, all right, what's easy, you know? And 
And if you get in the routine of cooking and knowing how to meal prep, like when you get hungry, you have that chicken or, or chicken and rice in the fridge that you can just eat that, you know, you have to trust that it sucks because a lot of it doesn't taste very good and it gets right. bland and it gets the same, but like, that's what it takes. You know, you have to, you have to take care of your body and you have to take care of what goes in your body. So I think, uh, man, I could go all day. I can't just give three pieces of advice, but well, um, yeah, I mean, don't let me stop you. I here, I have a follow-up question. I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not, I'm not a certified nutritionist, but I also kind of like do my own meal prep and like, I'm kind of into working out in nutrition myself. I feel like the common misconception is that carbs are bad. Like stay away from all carbs. Like that's, what's going to make you gain the most weight. But in reality, I feel like carbs are one of the most important macronutrients you can have in your diet. It's just the type of carbs that you intake. hundred percent, hundred percent. Because I mean, everything has carbs. And if you look at something on the back and it says, Oh, it has the carbs I need, but it's a different kind of carbs. You know, you don't get the same carbs from a sweet potato or oatmeal that you do in cereal, you know, and, right. and like the way you mix the sugar with it. And it's just, I mean, I, I'm really just eat a lot as much as you can, but make sure it's healthy food, you know? And if you're training, like keep training, you know, don't, don't take a day off. You know, I, yeah. I really, I really believe in that. And long as you take care of your body and if you're lifting a lot make sure you're stretching a lot on top of that you know and it's just if you do a lot of something make sure you're balancing it out for sure okay this might be a tough question for you but if you had to choose only three workouts to do for the rest of your life what three workouts would you do three workouts deadlift straight bar deadlift because I feel like it loads in your arms and your scaps too, and it works your legs. I think it's a full body workout. So I would say deadlift, um, squats. I think first off, those are the two most important things if you want to throw hard, deadlifts and squats, if you do them correctly, because <laughs> I think legs legs are really important. And then, who my third one, uh, three, three workouts. I mean, probably push-ups. Because push-ups, push-ups, will, push-ups can uh, work your back and your and your chest, you know. So I'd pick two legs and then the push-ups. I, I think that's important to clarify too that I feel like people who aren't like as knowledgeable about like pitching and how like the body works as a pitcher, I feel like the legs are like arguably the most important part of your foundation. So, I mean, is that is that right or is it mostly just all shoulder? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it's right. It's got to, it's got to hold the load of your body, you know, and then it's got to catch the landing and like, it's got to stabilize your lower half. And then it's almost like a chain reaction to the top. And I feel like sometimes if you don't take care of your legs then you are throwing all upper body and that's where you get hurt because it's all going straight to your arm. But if you're able to strengthen your legs, that can take the load off of, of pitching, you know, and yeah, I feel like it has like a, a positive effect too. Like it takes pressure off your lower back and pretty much like if you have a solid foundation like your legs, then it's just going to have an overall positive ripple effect throughout like the rest of your body. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. I, I, I only have a few more questions left again, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Okay, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? Like if you knew like if you had a goal and you – you knew like you weren't going to fail at that goal. Like what would it be? What would be your number one? Win the world series. Hell yeah. Man. Play for the world, 
play for the World Series. If you're not going to fail, we win the World Series. And that's yeah. what it's all about. You know, that's what all the grind's about, working together and winning games. Do you want to win a, win a world championship? I mean, well, I mean, watching the Dodgers do it, it just makes you want, want to do it even more, you know? I love it. And, I love it, man. Yeah, what, what do you think has been, like, the best advice you've received, like, from either a coach or, like, a veteran, veteran player on your team? Don't be soft. You know, yeah. keep that, keep that intensity and keep that, keep that grit and always want more, you know, never get complacent and, uh, and just know that you belong, you know, have yeah. that confidence that you belong. Don't be soft and go, go get some, you know, and that's, I mean, it's simple as it is, you know, keep working hard and, and go get it. Right on. Like, like you can see, it doesn't matter what size you are or, how hard you throw, you know, every, everybody can play in the big leagues. You just got to work for it. So do you think I can play in the big leagues if I try right now? For sure. For sure. <laughs> keep, We're the same keep age. Tra- <laughs> keep training. It doesn't matter. You can, you see older guys out, out, out there playing, you know, and it just, it yeah. takes uh, the right foundation and the right amount of work. You know, I mean, you think I could be, you think I could be a part of a podcast, like own, yeah. own my own podcast. Absolutely. You just gotta put man. The work in. You just got to put the work in. So true. So true. Okay. This one's kind of a funnier, funnier one, but what is the worst advice you've received? Like either from oh, a coach or a player or like other player. Dude, just eat the cookie. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not fine because if I, if I cheat on my diet, then I'm going to cheat in my workouts, then I'm going to cheat on the field. And then it just, it's this ripple effect. So it's like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Or like, Hey, you don't need to work out today. You're fine. Just take it off. No, I can't. You gotta, you gotta keep going. Like stick to stick to what you know, you know? especially stick if you have that goal, right? Especially if, yeah. if you have that goal to get to that world series, like, Hey man, like that's fun. Like go out to that party, like go ahead and take those shots. But like, I'm going to do me. I got a goal on my mind and I just got to get there at all costs. Yeah, man, that's a big thing you have to sacrifice, you know, relationships with, with your friends and family. And like, you just have to know, know, uh, it's, it's hard to handle it, but you got to know that if you want to perform at a high level, you have to make some sacrifices and it is tough, but you got to trust in yourself, you know? Absolutely. Okay. Last one. I promise. Who has been the hardest out since you've been in the bigs? Who's been the hardest out? The hardest out. Oh man. I don't want to give anybody too much credit, you know? <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mookie, uh, this year, Mookie, Mookie had some really good at-bats. You know, obviously, you know that he's a really good hitter. Um, but I think last year, it was a lot of fun facing Adam Jones. You know, he was oh, with, right uh, with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I remember when I was in uh, – I think I was in middle school, just going into high school maybe, and I met him his rookie year with the Orioles. I didn't know at the time. I just went to an Orioles game. Someone set it up and I met him his rookie year. I was like, Oh, that's cool. And then like, to answer your question from the, from the beginning of the podcast, like facing Adam, now I'm playing on the same stage as him him, and it made me want to get him out even more. It was like, Oh, I'm going to get this guy out. And and he had some really good at bats against me, you know, and I could tell he was making those adjustments because he is really smart. Right. He's a really good hitter. So, uh, that was always a fun, fun at bat for me. And he was in our division. So we played him a lot. So I was like, Oh, come on, let me get Adam. Let me get, let me get Jones. You know, so <laughs> that, that was always a, a cool thing. Were you a Diamondbacks fan? Cause he was on the Diamondbacks last year, right? He was on the Diamondbacks last year, but he came up with the Orioles. With the Orioles. Right. 
So, I mean, was he a player that you think you followed a lot or was there like, do you think you followed more pitchers growing up a lot? Yeah, I followed a lot of pitchers growing up, but I, I really just liked watching the game of baseball and, and seeing sure. how they attacked the guys. Um, when I grew up, I, I watched a lot of the Red Sox and they're in the division as the Orioles. So I saw him play a lot. Um, but I watched a lot of Kurt Schilling, Josh Beckett, Pedro Martinez. And uh, I just, I thought the the Red Sox had a really good staff and really good camaraderie at the time. So I really enjoyed watching them. I love that, man. All right. Any last words to the fans of the Say Hey podcast and Giants fans in general? Um, just that we appreciate you guys and hopefully you guys can come back next year. You know, it makes a really big difference. And uh, feel free to, to come over and say hello and say what's up or uh, <laughs> drop a DM on my Instagram. And uh, if you have any questions about anything more, just, just holler, you know, and uh, sometimes you just got to ask, you know, like you asking for me to be on this podcast, you know, just, just ask, you know, some guys are, are, are willing, you know, so if anyone wants to reach out, feel free. For sure, man. Sean, thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. It's been like the biggest dream come true, man. I really appreciate it. That's awesome. Hopefully we can get you out to some games next year. Yeah, man. In person. Oh my God. Yeah, please. Sean. Yeah, that's me. Great. right on right on all right man all right best of luck all right everybody there you have it thank you so much again to sean anderson for being willing to come on the show and just have a conversation with us all also i apologize for the abrupt ending to the interview but hey you know what that's how life is sometimes also i will be keeping you all updated on my new mlb career sean said i could play baseball so that's what i'm gonna do Folks, just a reminder, you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can leave a rating and a review if you feel so inclined on Apple Podcasts. Keep a lookout for next week's show that is going to be dropping on Tuesday. I know today is Monday, but I figure with the election going on tomorrow, I figure I get the podcast out a day before. But next week, we're going to be posting again back on Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening to the episode, folks, and go Giants!